what your background is has so much to do with you know what you're going to bring into your relationship now and so we need to be um, compassionate we need to be understanding and aware of each other's backgrounds whether it be money or anything else because that's going to play into uh, how your partner uh, is reacting in the responding and reacting in the relationship This week, we talk about the issue that is tough to talk about, money. Dr. Karen Sherman helps. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple of marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchmag.com. I am joined once again with the fantastic, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. You always put such a smile on my face. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, So Karen, uh, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Uh, She is the author of several books. Uh, She has her own radio show called Your Empowered Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, You can find all this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. But in the meantime, we are going to tackle a topic that uh, causes great strife in many relationships. We're going to talk about money. Um, Specifically, there was a new survey out from creditcard.com, which said that roughly 7% of people lie to their significant other about money. So I'm going to start this off today by asking you, Karen, Why is money so difficult to talk about for so many couples? Because money is, is just really about emotions. Really. It's, it's not money is not money. It's just a representation. So it's really about emotions and that's what makes it tough. Okay. So can, can you expand on that then? Like, what do you mean that money just represents emotions or it's an emotional issue? Okay. So, you know, we all have, backgrounds. And for some of us, um, money was a problem when we were growing up. You know, maybe we came from homes where uh, things were tight or, you know, we we felt insecure. Um, For some of us, money may um, make us feel powerful. It's a way that we, you know, can sort of um, assert ourselves that, uh, well, we can, you know, buy things because, uh, you know, money talks. Um, for some of us, it's a way of controlling other people. Um, I know that, um, you know, you've heard the expression, well, for the money I'm paying you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, sure. Um, you know, so 
money is, is again, it, it just a representation of something. Um, there's always emotions behind it. And when I have spoken with financial advisors where they're trying to get people to invest in something or to move their monies and the people are reticent about doing so, what I say to them is, have you looked at what emotional issues they're having about the money? Because unless you do that, you're not going to get them to, you know, do the things you want them to do. And the most successful financial advisors do do that. They work with the people as far as what their feelings and their fears and their anxieties are. And once you address those issues, then it's much easier to, you know, address the actual financial concerns. That makes so much sense. I mean, I, it's almost as if, if, well, I guess you could say this for a lot <laughs> of professions, but if you were going into accounting or some sort of financial advising position that you should have to take uh, some sort of sociology type behavioral studies uh, courses so that you could deal with these kind of things. Because you're right, saving money, if it was just a matter of putting money into this bank account, everybody would do it. Right. But it's not right. that simple. Right. Um, which actually brings me to an, another facet of this survey. So uh, they asked how much their significant other should spend or be able to spend without telling them. And 31% said $100. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, which, which I don't know what everybody's uh, plan out there is, but uh, that's actually pretty much the where my spouse and I fall is if it's anything under a hundred dollars, we usually don't discuss it at length. Um, but if it's over, we will have a little talk or just at least inform the other person like, Oh, I spent this much money. So mm-hmm. saying that 31% of the people feel like that's the limit mm-hmm. without discussion. 20% however, said that they have spent 500 or more dollars without mm-hmm. telling their partner. Um, so if couples think there's an amount that should be discussed, why do so many break that rule? Well, um, you know, the nice thing about surveys is that they're anonymous. So you can tell what you're actually doing. And <clears throat> research lets us know that there is a distinction between attitude and behavior. So what you think is not necessarily what you're going to do. So if you ask the question about what would you actually do, would you spend more than $100 and not tell your spouse, excuse me, you might get a different result. Um, So you might say, well, this this is what I think, but would you do it? That's a different question. Um... I think that, again, you know, people may have the best of intentions, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they will take certain actions, feel uncomfortable, feel like they'll be judged, feel guilty or whatever, and so hide it. Like in your experience as somebody who has people that come into your office and sit on the couch and tell you about their problems, how often... Is, is money intertwined into what you see out of like your everyday couple that comes in? Is it like, is it like a significant portion or is the, that 
we we hear all the time like oh money is one of the greatest uh points of contention within relationships do you find that to be true in all honesty no Um, I would say there are certain couples who have come in. I I can remember one couple that it was a major issue for them that they would say, okay, we're going to talk about the big ticket items and they would discuss what would be the big ticket items. And then one of them wouldn't, you know, keep true to what they had decided. And that became a whole issue. Um, I'm working with another couple where right now there's, there was financial infidelity, um, and financial infidelity uh, is as difficult a topic as a sexual infidelity. What we're really talking about and, and can you can you define that really quick? I, I mean, are you talking about they they spend five hundred dollars without telling their spouse or they have like their own bank account, or what do you mean by that? Well, basically, what you're talking about is that you have been spending money and really had a secret life about it. So that can be including gambling, that can be including um, where you have lied on your tax records, um, but you have really broken the truth, the trust. Mm. Oh my, excuse me today. (laughs) And so it really is a breach. And, And that's what I was about to say, that what we're talking about here is Um, a matter of breaking of trust between the two of you. So, you know, you're talking a money issue, but you're really talking about um, a breakdown in communication between the couple. And for some couples, it becomes a real issue of trust. We said we were going to do this, and now I feel disrespected, and I feel like I can't trust you because this was something we agreed upon, and you're not holding up your end of the bargain. So, so I like so money becomes like the wedge issue, mm-hmm. which is sim- symbolic of the of trust exactly. issues and other things. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now, and, and I and I know your professional background isn't financial advisor, but I'm going to ask this anyway. Is there an amount or value that that you think couples uh, should be? Uh, open about in their conversations, and I and I threw value in there because you know a hundred dollars to me might mean something different to somebody else who either has more or less money. You know, somebody somebody might be on a budget where twenty dollars needs to be discussed, or somebody else might not care if it's under five hundred. So, well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Steve. Um, it's going to depend on who the couple is and what their particular situation is. Um, you know, for some people, a hundred dollars is, you know, like $10 to somebody else. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not, you know, it's not an issue. Um, so I think that a couple has to be aware of their budget, know what's going on with them, make decisions about how they want to handle their finances. And there are lots of issues around how you want to handle your finances. Um, who's going to pay the bills? Are we going to pool our money? Are we going to each have a little allowance where we don't have to you know, talk to the other person about what we're spending? Uh, what are big ticket items? What becomes a big ticket? You know, What's the amount of the big ticket item? There's just so many different questions about finances. Um, And so part of that discussion should be um, what is going to be the amount that we don't feel we have to be accountable for to the other person. Mm. And and I think there's an aggregate to that as well. So yes, uh, let's say 
you know, we don't have to discuss every $20 purchase, but if you're making $520 purchases in a 30 day span, we need to have a conversation about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you actually were reading my mind because I'm thinking in terms of, okay, let's say we say we don't have to talk about a hundred dollars. Is that a hundred dollars a week? Is that a hundred dollars a month? Because you, if you say, well, I don't have to tell you about a hundred dollars, but you are spending a hundred dollars every day. Yeah. You know, that, you know, comes to a very tidy sum over a month. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of couples have the system that works for them and I'm always fascinated by how couples handle their money. And I know for my, for my wife and I, one of the things that we did very early on, actually before we even married, we started pooling our money together. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we would do is we would take, um, so she has her account, I have my account and then we have a joint account Mm -hmm. and we basically figured out, okay, here's like what we need to pay all of our bills and like all the responsibilities in our life. Mm -hmm. Um, and we pool all that money into a joint account and then we say, okay, uh, you are, our own personal allowances are this much and we keep those in our own personal account and whatever you need to pull out of your own personal account is fine. Like that's your money mm-hmm. because we know that all of our responsibilities are taken care of in that joint account. And mm-hmm. so for us, it didn't matter if you wanted to spend, you know, say we had that $100 limit or whatever. It didn't matter if you went over it, if you had right. that money in your own personal account because that's your money that you got to do whatever you want with. And so it's worked out It's worked out pretty well for us. And, you know, that's all. that's not to say that sometimes we don't have – extra spending or less spending but then that's when the conversation comes in and then we can look at our joint account and say like oh do we have the money there to do this extra thing that you want to do um and i found i i don't know for me and uh, for my wife it's worked out pretty darn well because we hardly ever argue about money which and and that was going to be my question to you does it work out for you and jess yeah totally yeah Yeah. and and you know, there are lots of different ways that people handle their monies. I think the main issue is that you have a discussion about all the tiny little issues surrounding money. And if it works for the two of you, then it works. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a diet. Which diet is best? The one that works for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, and you try it. And, and, you know, then you revisit it, let's say, in three months or six months, and you see, is it working? And if it's not working, then you make certain changes. Um, my husband and I do a variation of what you did. It's not worth going into it, but we did a variation on what you and Jess did. It works for us. Um, so, again, it has to be something that both of you are comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, I shared, I, like I said, I'm always fascinated about how couples handle this stuff. And so that's why I shared how we did it because I know it works for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, maybe, maybe somebody else out there has been arguing and been looking for a solution and they might want to give it a shot. And, and I understand that it's not perfect for everybody. Um, but it's, it's funny too, because I, you have touched on the point several times already about having the discussion and, I think one of the reasons our method works for us is because we do have very good open conversations about it. Um, and if she, if, if, Je- so I handle our budget for the most part. And if she feels like she's out of the loop, mm-hmm. um, which happens on a time to time, uh, she will come to me and say like, you know, how's the money situation? Like, is, do, do, is there anything that I need to know? And then the other thing is 
at the beginning of every year, we will, um, because her family's on the East Coast and we live on the West Coast, uh, we will say, okay, what plans are we taking trips to see your family, um, holidays? So we map that stuff out at the very beginning of the year. Um, is, is there a vacation in the plans this year? Are we taking, you know, trips for other things? Are there weddings coming up that we have to attend? And we lay all those things out at the very beginning of the year and figure out, okay, we're going to have to save for this, 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 and this. So none of that stuff kind of creeps up on us. Right. And then we fight about it because all of a sudden here we are in, you know, let's say October, November, December, and money's really tight. Um, even though we knew that there was a wedding taking place. Uh, the month before, uh, you know, a long time ago, we had we had many months in advance to pr- prepare for these things, but we just failed to do so. So, anyways, um, I hope that's I hope that's helpful for people. And um, okay, so so let me give you an example. Let yeah, me tell you something that my husband and I are in the midst of, and the emotions behind it. So we went to Africa in October. And our 40th anniversary is coming up, and so we are planning a big trip to Italy uh, at the end of the summer. A friend of ours, who is Argentinian-born, mentioned that he might want to go to Argentina in the spring, and did we want to come? So I thought that that would be fabulous. So my husband said to me today, I said to him, do you want to call our friend and talk to him about whether he wants to do the trip or not? And he said, well, I'm really not so anxious to call him because I don't want to, you know, instigate it. I, I'm not so sure I want to spend the money. Mm. And he said, because we just took a big trip. We've got another one coming. And I said, well, I understand that. But my feeling is they're a year apart and I sort of feel like I need to do something in the spring. And he said, well, we could take a smaller trip. I said, well, that would be nice. But on the other hand, you know, he, he said, I don't know that I really feel Argentina is in my bucket list. And I said, I understand. It's really not in my bucket list either. Yeah. However, going with a native of, Argentinian, of Argentina, I don't know that I'd ever want to see it except with him. Any other it's way, yeah. Right. You're going to get it, you know. So if the opportunity is there, that's my thinking. So the point is... We are going back and forth really about what our different emotions are. He's a little concerned about the money. The truth is, I'm not going to go into, you know, the different things that are going on for us. But, you know, we we have to sort of work that through as far as, you know, what his concerns are and if if they're reality-based and, you know, if there's really this need on my part that we really have to travel as much as we're traveling. Um, But you see, again... The money, as you said, is symbolic. And when we get to those other issues, that will allow us to decide, you know, whether we're going to take the trip. Of course, if he doesn't go, it's a moot point. But it's it's that kind of a discussion that lets you get to a decision about where you spend your money. And of course, you know, how much you're going to spend. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting because I mean you I mean you guys are normal people we're normal people we all have budgets we we yeah. have to we have to discuss these things and and my wife um I mean she traveled more countries before I even met her than I probably will in my entire lifetime mm-hmm. actually I take that back cuz we will travel a bunch but um she so it's like it's in her DNA to travel all mm-hmm. the time and so this is like a big conversation that we constantly have and for me it's not a lack of desire to travel. It's just the realities of 
it costs money to do these things. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because she has found the older she gets, she used to travel for really cheap when she was young because she was willing to put up with a lot of stuff. Right. Um, when she was younger and staying in hostels and, um, you know, doing whatever she needed to do, uh, to get to different places around the globe. Uh, there's no way she would travel that way anymore. Um, now that she, she just likes to enjoy it more. Sure. Um, and not have to worry about, you know, all the things that come with, you know, those give and takes. So anyways, um, so I so I just I just find this topic very interesting because I know there is a lot of conversation that goes around these things and to your point the money itself isn't usually it it's 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 the emotion that's attached right. to it and you know my and you mentioned you know you feel like you need a trip in the spring or you you know something along those lines and uh Jess my wife she uh likes to take trips to San Francisco which is her favorite city on the planet um, and so we try to go there frequently. Um, and, uh, it, it's interesting because sometimes it's like, well, it's in the budget and sometimes it's not in the budget or the timing isn't right. And so we have to space these things out. Uh, but it's never for lack of desire or interest or any of those things. Um, right. it just comes down to the realities of these things cost money. Right. Right. And, 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 and we understand that. And I think that's the important part. Right. Right. But again, it's a matter of, you know, having the discussion. Yeah. So one one final point. Do you have any closing tips about how couples can openly talk about money without having the the emotions start weighing in? Well, I think, you know, that if you if you want to bring something up to your partner about money and it is a difficult topic. Just say it. Say, you know, there's something I want to talk about that's difficult for me to talk about. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's my issue, you know, or, or it's my emotions or something. And, you know, can we just have a bit of a sit down about it, try to help me through it? And, you know, I think that when you let your mate know that something is difficult for you, um, it sort of sets the stage for them to say, okay, you know, let me, let me try to be a little bit more open here. Um, you certainly never want to say, you know, uh, well, you said we can't take that trip or you're not letting me buy, you know, that, um, that new table that I want to buy, blah, 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 you know, cause that's an attack. But, you know, you say, you know, I know that we said that, you know, we had decided we weren't going to spend any more than X amount this month, but, there's a, we really need this table and I saw it on sale. Um, you know, is there any way we can revisit that topic? Because I really think it would be perfect. And, you know, if, if it's no, it's no, but you know, I want to talk about it and it's hard for me to bring it up because I don't want to seem, you know, like I'm an, whatever it is. But the point is to present it in a way that lets your mate know that you're, having some difficulty that you're not just saying, well, the heck with you and what, you know, what you thought before it, it, you just, you know, bring it up honoring both your mates feelings and yours. That well said. Um, cause I, cause I, I have, I feel like I've, I've, I've been there, you know, like I, I'm guessing pretty much every couple has been there where they've had these kind of discussions and, you know, they're not always easy because 
money is a tricky thing. And I also find that like the background to money is an interesting thing, like how you grew up and yes. and what meant money meant to you or your family growing up. Did you have oh. it? Did you not have it? Was there a budget? Did you not have a budget? Did you have to work when you were a kid? You know, mm-hmm. all these different things weigh into it. And so the value of a dollar changes from person to person. Absolutely. And I think that weighs into a lot of it. And just having that understanding about what it means to you or why it means what it does to you can make all the difference in the world. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm reminded of a couple of years ago where he was raised in a family that was very comfortable and she was very lower middle class. And all he wanted to do was to show her the world and to, you know, really give her things. Uh-huh. And she was so uncomfortable with it. Um, even though it was coming from a good place within him, it just made her very uncomfortable. And he had to understand that she wasn't rejecting it. It just made her uncomfortable because it was not the lifestyle she grew up in. So there's, you're right on target. You know, what your background is has so much to do with, you know, what you're going to bring into your relationship now. And so we need to be... Um, compassionate. We need to be understanding and aware of each other's backgrounds, whether it be money or anything else, because that's going to play into uh, how your partner uh, is reacting and responding and reacting in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys have any thoughts, tips of how you handle or set your budgets or anything along those lines, love to hear from you. So uh, shoot us an email, hit us up on the social networks. Uh, Always, always great to hear other ideas. Um, So we love that. And I I don't know, a lot of people may or may not know this, but we actually do have a, um, uh, a social network on our website called Married Life, where you can post topics and and and, and engage others in conversation. Uh, so you know, I'd love to get that going. Uh, you know, because some people don't want to put it on Facebook or something. This is something where you can actually post anonymously, so you don't have to use your real name and stuff that Facebook requires. So if that would be easier for you to talk talk about these topics, uh, go ahead and check that out too. It's you can find the link on our homepage, Married Life. Uh, but until next time, Karen, I would love to thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, so you guys, I want to remind you one last time that you've been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. She has a program out called From Fight to Foreplay, uh, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You can get information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com, all spelled out. You can find that information at her website, as I mentioned, drkarensherman.com. We have links to all this stuff on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, and as I mentioned, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Plus, Instagram. We are on all of them. Uh, the, the handle is usually Hitched, Hitched Mag, or Hitched Media. It's one of those three. Um, and, of course, you can find the links to those specific sites on our website. We have the little uh, buttons all over, all over the website on the pages in the top right. So check that out. Uh, We love connecting and hearing from you and uh, appreciate you tuning in this week. So one last time. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it. Take care, everybody.
each other's eyes We know that it's showtime Clear our heads of all our worries and fears Now we know it's go time And it's about to Explode!